Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today's episode, we're diving into episode one of Moon Knight and giving our review of Morbius. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. Pondex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out Pondex.com. And hey, use the code Larry21 for 10% off your order. That's Larry21 for 10% off your order. And stay tuned to the end of the episode and you'll be able to see Pondex in action. And now on to our first topic. We're diving into Moon Knight Episode 1, The Goldfish Problem Review. Moon Knight Episode 1 does a fairly decent job of introducing the MCU's most complex character yet. But some nuance has been lost in the transition from page to screen. But let's talk about it. Moon Knight is Marvel Studios' biggest gamble yet on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it's the first one of these pricey series to be led by a character completely new to the MCU. But that character is also a complex and often downright impenetrable one, beloved by his Marvel Comics fans, and occasionally mocked by those who consider him to be Marvel's much less cool version of Batman. While we get precisely zero Batman vibes in the first episode in the new Disney Plus show, we meet the painfully uncool Stephen Grant a timid British museum gift shop employee who thinks he has a sleep disorder. Stephen ties himself to his bed every night and seals the door so he can check that he hasn't been wandering the streets of London during his slumber. He's still exhausted, though, and regularly gets into hot water at work for being late and having ideas above his station. 
Stephen is passionate about ancient Egypt and seems to be, by all accounts, a lovely man on the verge of starting a romance with a beautiful co-worker who he doesn't remember asking out. At one point, Stephen voices his current concerns aloud, saying, If I'm going to have a girlfriend at some point, obviously I can't have ankle restraints on my bed, can I? That's definition of a red flag, which got my first big laugh. If there had been a documentary crew filming me, I would have looked straight to the camera. Of course, it's not long before Stephen finds himself out of bed and into trouble. Having traveled some way while attempting 40 weeks, he's suddenly in imminent danger. He appears to have been on a mission to steal a golden scarab from the possession of one Arthur Harrow, played by the great Ethan Hawke, a deadly cult leader who is dishing out mortal punishments on behalf of the Egyptian goddess Amit. She can apparently tell if your misdeeds outweigh your good ones, and if those misdeeds happen to be part of some muddy future that hasn't transpired yet, yeah, she'll nip those right in the bud. Harrow is established as our bad guy when he passes judgment on a couple of his followers using a mysterious cane and a tattoo of some scales, and it comes across as quite silly. Despite Hawk's enigmatic scenery chewing and even before the disturbing sequences descends in a slapstick. In fact, there's a lot of really cool stuff in this episode that ends up a little smudged by either its underwhelming CG or Isaac's quirky central performance as the flappable Steven, which is unfortunate. This is also the point in the episode where things inevitably get confusing, as a panicking Steven flips back and forth between his own idea, identity, excuse me, and that of Mark Spector, a mercenary who seems to be working with the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Moon Knight fans who were curious about how the MCU would handle Spectre's brutal fighting style would probably be a bit miffed to discover that the first episode mostly uses cuts between these two identities to skip past Mark's bloodier moments rather than put them on full display, keeping such battles as Disney-friendly as possible. The back half of the episode concerns itself with the helping Steven start to understand that his meager life has been a sham by way of his reflected interactions with Mark during which time he is stalked by Khonshu. Not for nothing, I love the way that Khonshu has been designed for the series. He really does look perfect. Casting F. Murray Abraham, Abraham as the voice of the moon god is a freaking masterstroke. Stephen also learns that a woman called Layla has been looking for Mark for a very long time. Before the villainous hero gives Stephen a quiet, exposition-y talk on Amit and how if she was around, she would have totally just killed baby Hitler, Pol Pot, whatever, just like the Thanos strangling Rudy. Oh boy. Eventually, we get to see some brief, fully suited up Moon Knight action when Steven allows the Mark identity to take over his body to school one of Hero's conjured jackals. And some museum facilities end up look pretty much like an average public toilet in the UK. Probably better if we include UK music festivals. The goldfish problem is a pretty solid introduction to the world of Moon Knight, but it does feel like the internet's daddy has been granted Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean level performance freedom when it comes to the portrayal of Steven specifically, and your mileage may very vary on how well it all works for you. Although Isaac's British accent is likely a roller coaster for anyone who lives in the UK, sometimes he sounds bang on the money, and others not. 
hints are dropped that we will get more of American Mark in the next episode. There are perceivable limits to telling a Moon Knight story, no matter the medium, and there are usually three main options available when approaching one. You can put him in the midst of the Marvel Universe at street level, you can delve into the Egyptian mythology of it all, and you can attempt a study of his mental health journey. It is a brave writer who attempts all three, because that's a lot of angles to incorporate. Here, the writing team has picked options two and three, but it's still so much to wrangle, and perhaps chillingly at all, given the constraints of a six-episode series, was challenging. Regardless, it's hard not to imagine what a more slow-burning version of the series might have offered us over at Netflix. I will say, it is refreshing to watch an ambitious Marvel show that hasn't that isn't filled with Easter eggs or in-universe callbacks. Moon Knight doesn't have to concern itself with dropping breadcrumbs and can just get on with telling its own story from the ground up. The MCU version of Stephen Grant is admittedly quite irritating, but at least he's a very different protagonist for us to root for. I'm interested to find out how much of Stephen's gentle good heart might be at odds with Mark's mercenary brutality later on. And now our review of Morbius. What can I say? For the most part, it's an origin story that lacks fangs and bite. Morbius has finally arrived in theaters. Sony's Spider-Man universe has its first expansion out of Venom territory with Morbius, a Jared Leto-led superhero flick about a so-called living vampire. Director Daniel Espinosa approaches this Batman's beginnings with horror flourishes once seen in his sci-fi thriller in life. But they're never pronounced enough that they'll satisfy a horror audience. Morbius presents its origin story with the most formulaic structure, as an overly serious Leto is doing the opposite of Tom Hardy's campy Venom shtick that so many adore. It's a choice that promotes Morbius' moral conundrum as a self-conscious vampire over anything considered superhero cinema fun taking everything deathly serious to an ultimate detriment. We're introduced to Dr. Michael Morbius as a Nobel Prize winner with a crippling blood disease he's vowed to cure. His acclaim and his company Horizons Breakthrough is an artificial blood that has saved countless lives. The sea foam colored liquid represent one of the film's outlying blasts of color amidst putrid darkness. Morbius works alongside scientists and eventual romantic interest Martine Bancroft, in the name of his ailing best friend Milo, since their early private health care treatments. It's the epitome of serious consequences brought upon by fraternal love as Morbius splices vampire bat DNA with a human subject, himself, leading to his ghoulish transformation into a not-yet-proven controllable killing machine. One of the early problems in Morbius is how the origin beats cycle through the monotonous motions. There's a lacking energy behind Dr. Morbius's condition, because we know he'll eventually go all man-bat. Nor is there any attempt at creatively dump exposition that could have been read as an introductory text scroll. Countless superheroes and supervillains boast the same creation tale. Writers Matt Sezama and Burke Sharpless struggle to set apart Morbius's emergence despite introducing such a horror-forward character. In regards to larger cinematic universes and hopeful sequels, Morbius rolls through introductory motions only to close out just as our interest climaxes. It's always a first step movie that exists because it has to exist for later reasons, which becomes apparent as the script fast forwards through most 
explanations or descriptive advancement. It's jarring to watch the digital effects heavy Morbius so soon after Greg Fraser's stunning cinematography in The Batman. Since the former becomes another blurry post-production eyesore, nothing is practical as Leto's chiseled cheekbones turn into the angular skeletal scowl of Dr. Morbius, who's trailed by a spectral mist of sound waves whether he's lunging, dashing, or flying. Morbius is a gloomy black-on-black-on-black tapestry in so many sequences that monochromatically lose visual interest. Morbius flies past New York City skyscrapers like Spider-Man discovering his web slinging for the first time. But there's nothing eerily spectacular. No grand gothic gestures in cinematography. Morbius feels churned out of a superhero movie factory made from stock parts. Except for Matt Smith's portrayal of Milo, he appears to have just waltzed off the set of Venom Let There Be Carnage, allowing his dapper underworld adventurer and colorfulness the film desperately needs. Smith's flamboyance and spirit is the antithesis to Leto's drearily doer genius, which is a purposeful but inefficient comparison. As the two continually cross paths, it's Smith who consistently steals scenes, despite Dr. Morbius' name as the movie's title. Smith does so bloody good playing bad to the point where everything almost becomes a one notch above bearable. Almost. So Morbius advances, calling on direct Batman imagery as the winged creatures swirl overhead and taking jabs at Marvel's mightiest Avengers. A stern tone becomes the film's downfall, because there's nothing exceptional about poorly underwritten supporting characters. Sony's reliance on digital Renders for Venom and Carnage work because there is an absurdity to the rules as actors talk to themselves. Which isn't a benefit of Morbius. Here, audiences are fed exactly what they're most likely expecting from this bargain bat origin that's a bit exhausting until too late. Morbius is unspectacular in ways that waste the potential of what could be an intriguing hybrid of sinister horror and superhero thrill- thrills. One single scene recalls David F. Sandberg's lights out for a suitable fright, but otherwise, horror accents are limited to cheesy jokes about Dracula. That's the approach the whole film takes. In fact, everything feels superfluous and uninterested in thoughtful storytelling because the mission at hand is to get to the end credits, where the meat exists. Morbius is so focused on building Sony Spider-Man's universe and hopeful sequels, which could very well be better now that the foundation exists that it forgets about it, enthusiastically engaging its audiences from the start. Let us know in the comments section below, what did you think of Morbius? Have you seen it yet? And if you've seen it, let us know your thoughts. And now to our final segment, the Poddex segment. So today we are using the How Dare You Deck, available at poddex.com. And today's question is, would you stop talking to all of your friends for a million dollars? Easily, I would say yes. Because it's current friends. doesn't mean you can't talk to new friends you make later on down the road when you have that money. So definitely, yeah. But I want to know what you think. Would you stop talking to your friends for a million dollars? And as always, if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support helps the channel grow. We can bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, bring in new writers, uh, 
upgrade our equipment. And as always, thank you so much for listening and watching. We will see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.